Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. All right, welcome everyone. Today I have a special guest. I'm really excited um, to introduce you all to Yesenia Hernandez, who is here to talk about her experience moving away from home for grad school, so moving out of state. Um, so before she can get started with chatting a little bit about what it's been like um, moving away from home, navigating grad school as someone who's also low income and first gen, uh, and URM. Um, I'm going to provide her bio and then we'll get started. So Jesenia is a Brown Chicana PhD candidate from Southern California. She's first generation college grad student and she's in her fourth year in the sociology department at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Her research interests lie in sexuality and gender, race, ethnicity, urban sociology, Latino, Latina studies, political economy, resistance, women of color feminisms, queer of color theory, intersectional feminisms, and transnationalism. Nice. My, um, her current dissertation research focuses on people of color, primarily working class, queer, Latinx femmes, and women in greater LA and how they create space for themselves, as well as engage in creative artistic practices to navigate various forms of oppression in their everyday lives. Her goal is to highlight marginalized forms of knowledge, elevate queer people of color, and increase resources and access to higher education for Black and Brown communities through research, teaching, and mentorship. Wow. Welcome so much, Yesenia, <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for reading all that. I know it's a whole lot, but I thank love you. it. I love it. I love your interest. I think what you're doing is amazing. So um, just to get started, if you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your trajectory and applying to grad school and then how you are managing um, that transition of moving from California to Illinois for grad school. Yes. So um, I, I'll go ahead and do all of that. But I do just want to give like a caveat that, you know, I only applied to sociology programs and anthropology programs. Um, so I can't really speak to people who are applying to like the STEM fields, but so this is like based off of that experience. So I'll go ahead and start with um, like why I even applied to out of state programs and then like why I, why I accepted my particular program and then my overall experience. Um, so starting off with why I applied to out of state programs. So I was in the McNair program um, and they told me the advice that they told me, they told me two things that. Um, it's best to apply to as many schools as possible if they're a good fit, of course. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, a lot of the schools that I applied to in California, you know, there were only so many. So I had to start looking into programs out of state. Um, and they were really good programs out of state, too. So uh, another thing that they told me was that if I wanted to end up back in California, like being a professor in California, which is my goal, um, then it would be more marketable or I'd look more well-rounded if I had an out-of-state doctorate um, because yeah. it gives me an outside perspective. So, so I took that advice and really ran with it. Uh -huh. um, so 
I was only accepted into three programs and none of them were in California. So I had to oh, choose wow. one that was out of state. Yeah. Um, and I chose my program, the University of um, Illinois at Urbana-Champaign uh, because they gave me the best financial package. So basically I had to follow the money. Um, yeah. And yeah, they gave me a really good deal. Actually, they gave me a package where I didn't have to work my first three years. Wow. Uh, yeah. So most grad students have to, you know, they have to be a teaching assistant or do some kind of like paid work on top of doing their co coursework and, you know, their research. So for three years, I didn't have to do that. So I really was able to get all of my classes done. I was able to get ahead of um, on my research. So it was really a sweet deal. So I kind of had to go with it. Uh, or at least I felt that way. Um, so that's really why I ended up, that was really my deciding factor of going to Illinois. Um, so now I'll just kind of talk about like my overall experience moving out of state. Um, and again, this is like a Midwestern state. It's not, you know, it's not Arizona. It's not like a, you know, a place that we understand as like, you know, the Midwest is, kind of has like you know this stigma of being very white and conservative and for a lot of states that's very true so um like my experience kind of reflects a lot of that even though Illinois is a little bit more um quote-unquote liberal it's it's one of the better ones I think um thinking about that but um yeah so my experience um I I have like just kind of to be organized, I have pros and cons. So I have two cons and three pros. So starting with the cons, um, one of like the more difficult things for me was my first year acclimating to like a PWI in the Midwest. It was, yeah. it was really hard for me at first. Um, you know, culture shock, 100% culture shock. Um, you know, the city looks different. It's not really a city, it's more like a town. Um, it looks different. There's not a lot of people of color. Um, and the people of color who do live there, like who are from the town, like very segregated too. Mm. Um, not like how it is, you know, here in LA, in Southern California. Um, so uh, even in my department, there's not a lot of people of color. There's not a lot of women of color. So it took me a while to find um, my community. So like a suggestion for or like advice with that is I would suggest doing the work to find that community as soon as possible, because um, if you're not being on top of it, then you can really find yourself just kind of uh, feeling isolated, feeling lonely. And what so, are some examples of when you say do the work to build or find community, like what would you recommend? Because sometimes like when you move to a new place you don't even know where to start like you're like where are the people of color where are the exactly. women and women of color yeah you're absolutely right because that is how I felt I didn't even know that there were even places to look so but there are there are especially you know at universities there's always going to be or not always but usually you know there's like cultural houses um there's like um organizations or like clubs that they have so my university did have these things I just took me a while to like actually start looking for them because 
you know, for other reasons, I really wasn't doing that work. But um, yeah, so my suggestion is to go to those cultural houses. So in my university, they have um, this like cultural house called La Casa. So, you know, there's always going to be a place for you to go where they have events like um, they do like lunches you don't come come in on Wednesday and they give you free lunch and they give presentations about you know people doing research um about like you know Latinx people so so there's these things that you can find even just like feeling community you know maybe you don't make all these friends here but you can just go and everyone's nice and you just it's something to do so that you don't feel um like you don't have your community there you know because they are there Um, And also, in my program, there are other, you know, women of color that um, I feel like I could have started earlier getting to know them. um, And, you know, like, doing work together, asking for advice, like, there's, there are people out there, like, even though it's just like two or three, it's, it's important to still make those connections Mm -hmm. and like, and do that, because once I did that, I felt so much better, but it took me like a year to do it. And I, that's one of the things I wish it didn't take me so long. Um, But yeah, there's also like particular programs for grad students, like Latin, Latinx grad students, um, which is like a little bit different than the cultural houses, because a lot of them, uh, or a lot of the people who go are just undergrads. And Mm -hmm. you you kind of want grad students to connect to, even though they're, you know, Chicanos and Latinos, like, that's great. But I want somebody who understands my grad school experience. That's, that's something actually that I um, was going to mention, too, is because when you said, mm-hmm. oh, go to the, go to the La Casa or whatever is the equivalent at that university. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of universities really cater to undergrads. And so for me, it was so easy to make friends and build community mm-hmm. and socialize in undergrad. But in grad mm-hmm. school, it was much harder. I felt like I couldn't, I was kind of like, well, for me, I went right out of undergrad. So I felt mm-hmm. too young to be a grad student and too old to be an undergrad. So it was hard for me to connect. So it's just, I'm glad that you're pointing that out. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, thank you for saying that. Um but but yeah so like finding these other grad students who you can like study with or um like you can talk to about like your research and they understand and you know the little things they get so mm-hmm. so yeah that's, that's an, one of the other big things that I, I suggest for doing the work um but uh yeah so another another culture or element of culture shock had to do with like the microaggressions that you know happen all the time yeah even the sexual harassment and this was from like my own freaking oh I'm sorry bird language um it's okay (laughs) okay okay good because that was a question that I had about it um from like yeah my own department from other grad students who were like just from the Midwest and then the people who live in the in the um, city we call them townies Um, but like you know they're not a part of the university they just like grew up there and a lot of the times they like never have interacted with like Latinas oh wow so it's just like you know microaggressions and stuff like that happens a lot but I will say that I think that I was hyper aware of them because I already felt like different yeah Um, 
But I mean, you know, this stuff exists everywhere. So like my suggestion with that is really just like with any new experience um, or anybody who deals with these things, like self-care is a huge thing, checking in with yourself, um, learning to choose battles when, you know, when to tell somebody off and when to just be like, you know what, let me not get into this right yeah. now. Um, and like advocating for yourself is super important because a lot of the time I just wouldn't really think that I needed to. Um, but that's really important. And then knowing, knowing how to create boundaries is a big thing. Um, but again, like finding your people, finding your community, because like just venting to them is super important. Just like looking out for each other, um, Again, it goes back to like finding finding your your people and like your spaces to feel comfortable. Um, Another question. Well, actually, yeah. Sorry. Um, go ahead no, and finish no. up, and then I'll ask you a follow up question. Oh no, no, I, I'm done with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say another thing that I think some students are worried about. Uh, they've talked to me about that when they think about moving away from home is just yeah. how their family members are going to react to them moving. Um, and mm. then like, what, you know, is my family going to be accepting? Am I going to become more distanced from them because yeah. I'm physically away from them? So how has that been for just in, in your experience? I know every experience is different. Some folks are more supportive than others, but have you been able to manage that okay or do you feel like it has been harder um, to connect with family because you're away I'll tell you this like I don't live that far away from my family but it's far Mm -hmm. enough that I don't see them regularly and for me moving farther away actually brought me closer to my family because Mm -hmm. living with them I couldn't stand them yes (laughs) so I don't know I'm just curious what it's like for you (laughs) yes no that's that's like I completely identify with that like I agree 100% that like moving away really helps with like you being able to see things more clearly and try to like you know make these like bigger like these larger understandings about like your family and and, like where you fit in your family that's actually the next thing I was going to say so I'm so glad that you asked that Um, so like yeah oh I'm so sorry it's okay yeah so I mean like the second con that I was going to say is like dealing with hardships in general hard because I was away from family and part of the reason was you know I like like other children of immigrants and um, low-income families like we have to learn to be self-reliant at a young age so you know whether that's like getting a job really young or learning to like deal with things on your own or not wanting to like create more problems with your family because you know there's already stuff going on like that definitely extended to like when I went to grad school and I really didn't have that good of a communication with my family when I left so like that kind of continued too um in my program however like I did start to learn little things of like how to communicate better with my family so like for example like my dad calls me all the time (laughs) and it's really nice so I talk to him more than I talked to him before you know (laughs) that's Um, so interesting (laughs) yeah because he 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 calls me he does the he like misses me and he'll do the work to like make that connection but like for example like um, like my mom, on the other hand, is super, super busy and very consumed with work. So like that actually the communication with that has really gone down. Mm. Uh, 
so it's not like the best but um there's like good and bad with it you know but um but again like I do suggest like making the time and the effort to create um that communication if you do lack that communication you know so literally having conversations and saying like look can we, you know, find a way to like talk once a week or um, maybe your parents are calling you too much, you know, telling them like, look, I'm really tired this week. Like I'll call you next Monday or something, you know, Um, however it is, like however much you want, like it can all be negotiated. You just need to make, you need to have those conversations. And I really suggest doing that early on, like I said, then waiting for it to be, you know, when you're feeling really isolated and you feel like, oh, you know, I don't have anybody, but like, really, they're there for you. You just mm-hmm. need to establish that communication with them. Um, so, I mean, and another example that I have is like dealing with hardships, being away from family. Like my grandpa died my first year. Oh, wow. Um, I'm sorry. He, oh, no, no, no. It's okay. Um, but he helped raise me. So being out there away from like, you know, when he got sick, um, the funeral, like I would travel back and forth, like every, like I was constantly traveling. However, um, it was really hard, you know, being away from them, you know, my family being all together um, and going through that together. It was hard being away from that. But at the same time, um, when I would go back to Illinois, it was actually easier for me to process everything and, and not get so caught up in all of the pain and the sadness and everything that my family was going through. It was, it like, it sounds weird, but it was, um, the distance helped me heal a lot from it. Wow. Um, so it was like a blessing in disguise. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I, overall, looking back, I realized that, um, it was like, I feel like if I was in my program here in California that happened, um, I feel like I wouldn't have been able to like focus at all on my studies and my coursework. Um, I probably would have like took in a break or something, but it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to do that. It just happened that way. Um, and it maybe was like a blessing in disguise because maybe I wouldn't have been able to finish that semester if I was here. I don't know. That's just like, I'm just like speculating at this point. Yeah. But um, but yeah, overall, like, again, like my family understands it's hard and they, it, we've come to a point where um, if I tell them like, oh, you know, I got to go do this for this reason like they're like oh do what you gotta do like they don't ask all these questions they're not like oh I don't get it like why do you have to do this like all that like they've given me a lot of freedom and like oh you know you have like I'm you know right now I'm in California I'm traveling a lot to do my um, interviews for my my data collection so they give me a lot of freedom with with like you know, I come in and out of the house all the time. And, and we come, we've come to a point where like, they see the work I'm doing, and they know that it's important. So they let me do all that stuff, you know. And I think at first, they really were like, not sure how to go about it. Um, And like, I don't think that they wanted to add any other like pressure. So I don't know. It's, we've come a long way pretty much. 
Um, and it's been slow, but it's definitely been happening. You know, it's been four years. Yeah, um, that's but, what I was going to say. Yeah, it's not like it's yeah. your first or second year. You've, you've been there a good while. Yes. So I, again, like creating those conversations um, to like either get closer to get to make the communication or, um, you know, creating boundaries because, you know, when I come home for the summer and for the winters, I still have to do work. So, you know, like if I can't go to a coffee shop today and I'm doing work in my room, like, you know, you have to create those boundaries. You have to tell your parents, like, look, please, for like the next three hours, like, don't come knocking on my door. Like, I am really like it's my it's my time to do my work so like if you want to ask me something can you wait three hours to do that you know um like creating those kinds of boundaries is super important it's really hard it's hard but it's like necessary for you to just be able to have like you know mental health and and like preserving your energy you know I know that like you so you've been doing this for four years but I'm wondering if you like could maybe think back or look back at when you accepted uh, and knew Mm -hmm. you were going to go to Mm Urbana-Champaign for grad school and just Mm -hmm. how overwhelming the thought is of moving cross country like how do like even just the logistics of like how do I afford that how do I move my stuff like Uh, I'm wondering like if you can just give advice to students who are either considering or in that process right now of like oh wow I'm gonna go to grad school out of state and I have no idea Mm -hmm. how to do this I've never moved away before or some students sometimes say I've never flown on an airplane before like what kind of advice would you give them oh yeah no I'm so glad you asked that I yeah because it's been so long I haven't even thought about all of that but no I that happened to me too like grad school um going to like the what is it like the recruitment visits that was the first time I had even been on a plane before so like I get that 100 um um so like thinking about like costs and money and stuff. um, One of the advice that I was going to give later is that like apply to um, if you get into a program, apply to or check in to see if they have any like um, summer programs. So I got really lucky because in my university, they offer this program called the Summer Predoctoral Institute where, um, you know, underrepresented students who are coming here for grad school there's a program where you basically become acclimated to grad school to the area they help you find apartments it was kind of like McNair to be honest that's Um, amazing I don't hear about programs like that a lot yes it is so amazing and I'm so thankful because they helped so much I met so many like friends there one of my best friends I met there Um, she became my roommate the first year like she really helped me the whole program helped me and one of the biggest things was that they paid for your travel what um (laughs) yes they paid Mm -hmm, that's right they paid for everything and they gave you a stipend for the the summer and it was a really good stipend so and they got they part of the requirements is that you start to do like a little bit of research in your department so you got to like already get a foot your foot in the door with faculty there too so it was very 
amazing. And I do think that other programs have this, but like I knew a lot of people who didn't even know about the program who were like 100% qualified. They just didn't know about it. So one of the things that I suggest is like looking into these programs or looking to see if your school has one of these programs. Um, because like, like one of the things I was going to say is that there's money out there for like underrepresented students, especially in like these really big institutions, like they have the money. So like, don't be afraid to ask if they have like um, scholarships or fellowships or any kind of like free money for people who are just like underrepresented, like, you know, being underrepresented has like made it super difficult to get here, but like you can also use that position to like, get money out of it and you know like find the money because it's there for you in the institution so um yeah that's that's one thing that really helps I was gonna say it's interesting that you mentioned that because actually one of my students just last year um ended up applying getting in and going to Urbana-Champaign too he's in the statistics (gasps) department and um he was struggling about with the move and how am I gonna afford the flights etc and so he reached Mm -hmm. out to the department and told them he's like I'm doing the best I can to try to find a summer job and um, Mm. I'm struggling to to you know to to be able to book my flight in advance to arrive Mm -hmm. there and they were just out of nowhere they offered to pay his round his flights essentially to get there yeah exactly and you just got received that if he hadn't opened up to them and asked like are there mm-hmm. other funds available is there an- another way that I can apply for funding or like, whatever and they, he didn't have to apply to anything they just said okay we'll book your flight give us you know give us your details and we'll do it for you that's amazing yeah yeah that's another thing with even the um, grad school uh, the applications like if they if you don't have a fee waiver um, sometimes you can just like e- email the secretary and ask, like, do you have any kind of fee waiver or anything? I remember doing that. And I remember my friends doing that too, when I was applying and they did, they gave it to like, and not, not everybody did, but some did. So that's even that is something. Um, but, but yeah, so those were my cons. So I wanted to start with that and end with the good things. Um, but I, <laughs> Did you have anything else? Oh, yeah, no, other- you should definitely um, share your pros because I feel like okay. there, there were pros in your cons, too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I tried to not make them that bad. <laughs> um, but I have three pros. So the first one is that the like going back to thinking about like money and stuff, um, like once you get there, you know, there's there's that whole thing. And I could share more about that, too. But once you get there, the cost of living is so, so cheap. You know, California is one of the most expensive places to live. So out there, um, like I've never had to pay anything more than $450 a month for my apartment. (laughs) Yeah, mm -hmm, that's right. That that hurts a little. (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry to say that. But it's good. Like it's like, you know, so folks can be open to moving out of Spain. Yeah, so I mean, I know that they don't pay grad students very much anyways, but like, it's still enough to for me to live comfortably, you know, I can pay all my bills, I still have, you know, money for like to go out every now and then and I don't feel like, oh my god, like, oh, I have to check my bank account to see if I can, you know, go to the bar like I, I can do that. And and still feel comfortable. Um, So that's one of the biggest pros about 
out there, um, like living out there. The second pro that I have about living in um, a small or yeah, it's basically being in a small town in the quiet environment is really good for productivity. So um, like I know all of my local coffee shops, they, you know, they know my name, everyone's really nice. For the most part, they're, they're, there's genuine people out there. Um, and I can get a lot of work done. So when I come home to Cali, it's really nice, you know, I get to be with family, you know, maybe I do a little bit of work. Um, but when I go back, like for the semester um, to Illinois, I get um, so much of my work done faster, more efficiently. I don't have all these distractions. Um, and ultimately, you know, I want to finish my program as soon as possible to come back. So so being out there in a quiet environment, like there's not a lot of places to go. There's not a lot of things to do. So it's it's actually helpful for getting everything done faster. Um, it's and funny because I feel like you can yeah. like um, turn that around. I, I heard some people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, I could never live there. I'd be so bored. And I'm just like, actually, you don't have time to be bored in grad school. It yeah. might be a good thing to, you know, not be distracted by the big city. Exactly. And that's something that other people have told me too. Other people who are coming from big cities, like I have some friends who are from um, like big cities outside of the United States. So like Egypt, um, there's like really big cities in India that coming here, they're like, oh, it's so small. It's so quiet, but I like it because like I get all my work done. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I mean, Chicago is really close. Like if you do want a big um, city experience, you can just, you know, drive over to Chicago and, and get that. Um, so it's not like you're um trapped you know yeah um so my last pro is a big one it's a huge one for me and I, it's the biggest one for me um like being away from home and family and and you know like where I feel you know like my home um like it really made me grow up so much and I became so much more independent and I really came into my own or who I feel like I'm supposed to be in a sense. Um, so like, you know, being alone um, and all of that, it really kind of forced me to figure myself out and what I really want for my, you know, my personal life, but also like my academic life. Like I was kind of forced to, to like ask these questions um, and, and that's really how I came to like my research and I'm really passionate about my research. And I feel like if I wasn't forced to have to like ask all these questions, I don't think I would have been able to come to, to like the project that I'm doing now. And, and I, I found my advisor, it took me a while to find him, but I found him and he really advocates for me. Like he's an amazing mentor. Um, and he's made my experience much better too. That's important and, too. Yes. Yes, it was so important. And like my mentor before him was so trash, like she's trash. And she really did not understand who I was. And she doubted me a lot. Uh, um, yeah, it was really not a good experience. But but like, I'm thankful that like, I was able to kind of like, feel I mean, I'm not thankful. It's hard to explain like, if I felt really crappy at certain times, 
Um, like, you know, I had, I felt imposter syndrome all the time. I felt like, you know, these people don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Like, I might leave the program. I went from like feeling all of that to like being forced to realize like, this is my place. This, you know, I do belong here. I know why I belong here. And I understand that even just being here, even just my presence here is important. Um, so I, I mean, I'm thankful that I came to that conclusion. Um, but I don't know if I would have, if that would have happened if I had stayed in California. Um, but yeah, I just learned a lot of skills about like how to advocate for myself and like when to identify when I need support and, and just how to become more sustainable. And, and I really do think that I have such a great support system and community now. And I'm really proud of that. Um, but, but yeah, even just kind of like learning about myself, um, just on a personal level, like, you know, growing up in like kind of a conservative strict home, um, like, I, you know, I don't, I didn't really get to like, figure myself out. Um, so, like living alone, living away from home, I really was able to explore myself more freely and openly. Um, and I, that's kind of another like way that I kind of just came into my own and like, you know, figured out more about myself in that sense. Um, and like, you know, able, I was able to heal a lot from like traumas from home and, wow. and like move past the, those things. Like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I was able to kind of look at things, um, take a step back and, and look at things more clearly. Um, so that really helped me too with like, kind of figuring myself out, I guess. That is such an important pro to mention. Uh, I think that a lot of us, um, at least, uh, you know, those those folks that I know who are Latinx, who have immigrant parents, we grow up in sometimes sheltered um, homes or sometimes mm -hmm. we're like stuck in a bubble. You know, like a lot of us, not everybody, but, you know, a good portion of my friends, they're from a certain part in SoCal. And then most of their family lives in that part in SoCal. So everybody's kind of very like well-connected and like it's a tight-knit yeah. family. But because uh -huh. of that, few people in the family actually move away. And and sometimes it, it, just, it doesn't allow for the same level of growth or even the pace of growth. Because I think you probably, you probably grew up and became way more independent in your first year in grad school than you would have maybe if you were still close to home maybe it would have taken you a little longer to get there so yes. I think there's like definitely a lot of benefit to that where you're just like I've done it on my own I know I can handle this and it, it opens you up to even more possibilities because you're like I've handled it before I can handle it again mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely yes no that is so I'm so glad that you said that because it's I really identify with that like I do think that I've become more confident and like like sure of myself because I know that I've done these things that even even my friends will say things like like damn you've done that and and like to me I'm like yeah like I had to do it so I'm not like oh yeah look at what I've done you know yeah um, but like there's others like um there's this new a student in my program um she's a first year right now and I kind of like I'm mentoring her and she kind of talked about that she recently emailed me saying that she just like she just finished her first year and she's also um a Latina from Chicago you know from like a very um like there's a lot of Latinos in Chicago so uh -huh. it's kind of 
her experience, but she said the same thing. She emailed me saying like, she just feels so much more confident. And, and last year was really hard for her, but mm -hmm. she kind of like is at this point where she's like, I've done a lot. Like I'm proud of myself. Like I, I feel more sure of myself because she's kind of had to been forced to like do all of this and, and like make it work. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost totally. like exposure therapy, have fuerzas, you're like, oh, I've got to yes. do this, there's no other option. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, well, I guess uh, since you just shared your cons and your pros, I just wanted mm -hmm. to see if there was anything else, any other kind of advice you would give to undergrads or folks, you know, recently out of undergrad who are interested in going to graduate school, interested in applying either away from home or out of state. Um, mm -hmm. is there anything else you'd like to share with them? Um, yeah, so I have a lot of tips that I just remembered, um, from when I was, uh, applying. So I'll just kind of like go through them. And I know that you give these tips as well. Um, so I'll just like qu quickly go through them. Yeah. Um, so these are all tips for people who, yeah, are, who are applying. So these are things that I remember being told. And I think that really helped me get into my program. Um, so, so ask your professors, um, faculty, graduate studies offices at your own institution who support students. So ask them for resources. Like, don't be, don't think that you're doing this alone. Like, make sure to ask the resources on your campus for help um, and look at support from like your own departments. Um, that's one thing that, that helped me. Um, apply to as many as you can. That really, obviously that increases your chances. And one way to manage all of these different applications is to get organized. So I had an Excel sheet um, where, you know, I put all of like the important information of each program I was applying to. So like name of the program, like, why are you interested in applying to them? Because that's something that you need to know for your personal statement. Um, you know, deadlines of when to submit to um, the program, names of the faculty you want to work with, etc. So all of that on one Excel sheet um, to help you get organized, that really helped me. Um, and then for the personal statement, um, you just really need one really good personal statement and then you just change it up to adapt it to the program that you're applying to. So, you know, the things that you change up are like reasons why you want to get into the program, the work with there, um, what you can contribute to the program, etc. And something that I was told was how you write it is more important than what you write or just as important as what you write. Um, so it should flow in a way that like it makes it seem that all of your experiences are bringing you to this program now. That's something I remember them telling me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like even that's that's not how it works, but that's how you have to make it work. You have to uh, frame it like that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be like this poetic, crazy experience. Like you can start off, you know, talking about something like a mundane experience, as long as it shows why you care about research and why you want to go to grad school and why that's the next step for you. Like that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and then have a lot of people read it, like have faculty, have other students who know um, the, re like the, your, your field um, read it. Also just have like your friends who don't, know the field read it you know just so that it makes sense that there's not like weird confusing run-on sentences um and then I remember them also saying that it should be concise so like each sentence 
each sentence should be saying something meaningful. Um, that's something that I remember. Um, let's see, there's so many things. Um, the GRE exams, um, it's more important how you take it rather than like knowing every single vocab word. Um, like something that really helped me was um, I'm a slow reader. I, you know, did not read growing up. Like I was outside in the streets playing with my friends. So I am not a, I don't think I'm like a good reader. So I had to actually practice reading because, you know, a lot of the GRE pages, like they're timed. So you're like for the writing section, you have to read something and then you write. Um, but those those are timed. And I had to practice like learning how to read fast in a way that I'm still retaining the information. So like those kinds of skills are things that you have to or that can help you get a better GRE score. But again, like a lot of times GRE scores don't matter, but that's just a tip. Um, and, and I remember you saying this as well about like, you really don't have to pay to get into grad school. So um, that's something that they told me all the time. And I really was like, I'm not going to pay. So um, like they offer fellowships or scholarships to students um, who are in our position. So take advantage of that. Um, so don't pay if you don't have to. Like, Definitely you really don't. not. I don't recommend that at all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, it's been so hard for us to get to this position. Like, we don't have to pay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so another thing they told me was to email faculty um, in the programs that you want to get into. So like, you know, send them an email like two months before the deadline. I think like two months before the deadline of when to submit maybe before, I'm not sure, but, but definitely contact them, you know, email them that you're interested in their research, tell them what you're interested in, tell them you're an applicant, and maybe ask them a question or something that engages in their work. Um, you know, tell them the things that you do that are related to their work. Even if they don't email back, it's still something that they see that when they are looking through the applications, that's something that puts you out there. Um, that's going to be helpful because there's going to be a lot of really great applicants. Um, but if there's like something that gives you like a leg up, like, you know, that's something that can do that. Um, and then one of the last things I have to say is um, knowing how to handle rejection because, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest and I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but I applied to like more than 15 schools. <laughs> so um and I got rejected to all but three. So and that's so common, just FYI, that is very common. <laughs> I only got into three as well. Only one of them was a PhD. So just FYI, like, you're okay. right. The rejection <laughs> thing is a very big one because a lot of us maybe were high achievers, maybe got mm -hmm. into a bunch of uh, um, four-year universities for college, and we're not used yeah. to getting rejected by most programs and just having mm -hmm. maybe one or two programs say yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's it's not about if you're like qualified or not. It really isn't like I'm sure everybody who applied is qualified and like you've definitely overcome so much. So like it's not about that. It's really just about like little bureaucratic things like maybe they're only accepting two people mm -hmm. or, or maybe they don't have no money and they're not accepting anybody. I mean that, you know, sometimes that happens or yeah, the person you want to work with, they're not accepting anybody like there's so many things that go into it. So it's n like, never think that it's because you are lacking anything. Like, that's not it. Just don't go there. Yeah. So 
yeah, that's what's one thing um, to have to say about that. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess just like, I, I mean, I think you don't have to go to grad school, you know, not it's not for everybody. But you know, if you are wanting to do it, I think, do it like grad school has given me so many opportunities, like it gives you you know, a better, it can give you a better life and a more exciting life, but even just beyond your own life, like, you know, you're going to be gaining a lot of, a lot of experiences, a lot of power, a lot of privilege with, you know, with a degree. So it's like, you can make big differences, whether that's like, you know, making your family proud or being upwardly mobile, um, you know, increasing representation in higher education, um, or like, I mean, my goal, like creating courses, like when I teach, I want to create courses where I get to teach like radical theories and history about resistance and abolishing systems of oppression. Like, I think that that is like such a great opportunity. It's, I think it's important. So, I mean, if you're thinking about it, like do it, like use these things to motivate you because there's times where you're going to be like, <laughs> maybe I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But if you do think it's important, I think remember these things, you know, remember these bigger things um, and don't lose sight of them. But, but yeah, just remember that you're badass. That's, that's my last (laughs) advice. (laughs) I know, especially when you think about how far you've come, you know, a lot of us, like we don't realize how far we've come and then we're like, dang, I did that. Dang, I got a BA and I had no idea how to even get into college, you know, dang, you know, like I'm thinking about a PhD and like, I didn't even know that existed until like a year or two ago. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, no, 100%. And something that people always tell me that I forget all the time is like, celebrate the little things like mm-hmm. you, you know, you finished writing a personal statement, celebrate that, you know, be proud of that. Like, that's hard work. That is. And it's hard yeah. to celebrate because I don't a lot of us are not taught to celebrate or to take care of mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's important, too. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time, for your willingness to open up and share with um, my listeners. And um, I just, I'm just really grateful to you. I think that you've provided a lot of wisdom and a lot of really excellent advice that I completely agree with. Um, And I hope that we'll be able to, you know, stay in touch and reconnect soon. So thank you so much, Jesenia, for coming on today. Thank you so much. This is amazing what you do. It's so important. And I feel so lucky and thankful to just be a part of this. So thank you. 100%. Thank you. And I'm happy to have you on in the future if you've got any other topics you'd like to share. So thanks again. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time.